This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Welcome to Jets at Noon. I'm Tyson Rewicki filling in for Cam Poitras. Alongside with me is Jim Toth. We've got a jam-packed show today, Jim. The one and only John Shannon is going to join us in our last segment. I'm, gonna, I'm pulling a Clay Young here. We're breaking a little bit of format here. Po- tossing an interview at the end is of the Clay show. Is Clay going to join us today? He was in fine form today. He had on like sunglasses and a black. Like he looked like Johnny Cash. Yeah, he was he was looking quite dapper today. A middle-aged Johnny Cash is who he <laughs> looked like. <laughs> We're going to talk to John about the latest on the Jets' two massive trade t- chips, some training camp battles, and John is going to tell us a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers in their summer as well. We're also going to talk some NFL after the 12:30 news. Tis the season, Jim. Training camp opened up today in the NFL for all 32 teams. And you know what? We're actually going to do a quick call to action right now. Wow. We want your hottest NFL takes. We don't want lukewarm. We don't want mild. We want takes that are going to give us third degree burns, but provide us with first degree fun. <laughs> so text us at 204-780-6868. And after the 1230 news, we'll go through some of our favorites from the text line. Some NFL takes. I kind of like that. Yeah. Training camp underway. Yeah, that's, the juices are flowing now. It's, well, everybody's getting paid today. I know we're going to talk about that in the NHL, but Justin Hebert's getting paid. Oh, too. yeah. My I, best take when when these massive contracts are announced is when somebody pulls out video of them in high school or something, and somebody pulled out video of Justin Heber. Is it Heber? Hey Herbert. Bear? Herbert. I'm going to go Hey Bear. <laughs> um, Justin Herbert um, playing high school basketball. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of odd because I'm like, why would you put this out? It means nothing to this and all that. But then he was quite the good basketball player. But then I'm also like, did that kid know that he would make $260 million plus dollars? I, I feel like that was you- the hope. That was the dream. But like when you're rebounding in a high school basketball game in the U.S., do you think that you're going to go to the NFL and make $300 million total? I'm mad plus, plus with it, endorsements. I feel like there's some guys where in their head they're like, "I'm, I'm the money maker. I'm, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be making, <laughs> I'm gonna be making nine figures when once I get to the NFL." But speaking of big contracts, the Athletic released one of their annual articles today, and it's breaking down the ten worst contracts currently in the NHL. The Jets don't have anyone, thankfully, and I think that's kind of a testament to Kevin Sheveldayoff's ability to negotiate contracts. But there's some interesting names on the list and some names where if you would have told people three years ago that this name would would be one of the worst contracts in the NHL, people would laugh at you. And uh, you were mentioning someone to me yesterday who plays in Edmonton, whose contract uh, you're a little worried about. Do you mind telling us who that is? Well, the Jack Campbell. I Look, I just got back from Alberta a week ago. And Lethbridge, which is two hours south of Calgary, is riddled with Oilers fans. Always has been. And as a kid growing up, I was a Flames fan. And even my brother's an Oilers fan. My dad's an Oilers fan. Um, So they were asking about, like, McDavid. And is this going to happen? And we were discussing this, having a cold one. And I'm like, they continuously be their worst enemy. And, And it's hard because Ken Holland is a Hall of Fame GM. But the Jack Campbell contract was absolutely ridiculous at the time. If you're going to pay a goalie $5 million, it should not have been him. And now you have Stuart Skinner, who was in the Calder finalist as a top three Calder rookies. So for the next five years, you're telling me Jack Campbell's going to start in Edmonton? Or the next four years, sorry. No. He's not. He's not going to start. He didn't start his first year. Now, I understand plans changed. The plan was to have him start and bring Stuart Skinner along. He couldn't even do that. 
to the point of Stuart Skinner is so good. And that's what you have to do in your organization, right? For all the Ville Hainolas and the Nick Patans and the whatever we hear about from every rookie that's being quote-unquote ruined by the Winnipeg Jets, this doesn't happen in this organization. That you have the foresight or the scouts or the just the eyeballs, the knowledge that this is who's going to pan out when, give or take a couple months or a season, and they don't lock these up. Jack Campbell, in his first year of a five-year deal at $5 million plus on a cap-struck troubled team, is not your starting goaltender, hasn't been since you signed him a year ago and won't be for the next four years. Yeah, and you made a really good point yesterday too. Toronto's a team that's been looking for goaltending for how long? Well, this was Jeff O'Neill's take. So back when Edmonton signed him, I was listening to the Overdrive program with Jeff O'Neill, the O-Dog, and he said, he goes, wait a minute. Toronto's an organization that can't find a goalie for years. They get Jack Campbell, make a couple runs, and do not want to even re-sign him. Do not even want to discuss it. He's not good enough to start. And Edmonton says, yeah, he is. Here's $25 million over five years. And his point was, he was mocking the Oilers, going, what may... And he said the same thing I did. Ken Holland is a genius. However, what if the Toronto Maple Leafs, who need a starting goaltender and have been looking for one for years, don't think he's good enough, what do the Oilers think that they get in him? Yeah. And then lo and behold, and then you add in the, the Darnell Nurse contract, where Boucher has now taken his spot in his second year. He's in the second year of an ELC. Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard. Sorry, yeah, Bouchard. Um, but... So my point is, is just like, do I think Darnell Nurse is a is a very good defenseman? Yes, I do. Do I think he's worthy of a five, six million dollar contract? Yes, I do. Nowhere near nine. And now he's not even on your number one power play anymore. Yeah. And that, and that's where a lot of his production was coming from, too. And once that production drops, he wasn't terrific in his own end. That's it's it's going to be a contract that and he plays a style of game that's going to really wear on his body. And, and he, he had some great numbers. On that power play, right? Like yeah. he was offensively minded, but no offense, you and I could put up points on that power play. It's yeah. the number one power play in the National Hockey League with two of the most gifted players on the planet. Um, so I'm not trying to say he his numbers were, you know, inferior than what they were or anything like that. But you have to read the room in your own room. You have to you have to evaluate your own talent. And anyway, I'm going on, but the Darnell Nurse and the, I don't know if Nurse is on this list, but the Jack Campbell contract is absolutely ridiculous to pay him starter money when he couldn't even start for you in the first year. Now you're on the hook for four more years. And I I, I was going to make a joke of, and people, and people wonder why the Oilers can't work the cap or have no cap room, but I'm like, nobody wonders that. They know why the Oilers have cap trouble, and it's these ridiculous contracts. Like I look at Josh Morrissey's contract, and you couldn't get Darnell Nurse to sign that? Yeah. At the time? Yeah, no, it's true. And You even, couldn't get him even at seven to go, oh, yeah, okay. You were worried about losing Darnell Nurse because he would want more than seven? Yeah, that's and it's funny you mentioned Josh Morrissey too because he was actually on the list of top 10 worst contracts, not this season, obviously, but right. going back, I believe, two years. And you sort of see that there is a way that, te- that players can bounce back. And Darnell Nurse was actually ninth on the list of top 10 worst contracts, Jack Campbell didn't make an appearance, which surprised me. Really? Yeah, that really surprised me, just considering that he's been a below-average goaltender with the, for a majority of the, his career. Yeah. Um, we'll go through the top five here. Number one, Seth Jones. He has seven years left 
at nine and a half million with a full no movement clause. Number two is Colton Pareko, who also has seven years left at 6.5, which is a little easier to swallow with a no trade clause. Number three, Huberto, eight years, 10 and a half, no movement clause for six years. Sagan, four years, 9.85 million per year. And Mark Edward Vlasic, three years with 7 million per. Do you think that there's anyone in that top five that could potentially make themselves worth the contract or at least more worth their contract than they currently are? Well, I think Seth Jones can. I, I do. I, I think on a better team and with better players around him. I, I don't know. Like the nine million dollar defenseman to me is Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr. Can Seth Jones be them? I don't think he can be them, but I think he can be a physical stay at home, not stay at home. Sorry, physical defensive defenseman that can put up some points. And I mean, we'll find out this year, right? With Connor Bedard and Taylor Hall on the power play, and so I think he can for sure. Um, I don't know about the rest. Like Taylor Sagan, like I like Sagan's game this year. He played much better. I thought he had a better all-round game, but the production isn't where the value is there at that number. Now, the one thing I will say is like, and this is what some fans always argue with me, but you pay for stuff, right? Like we heard for years about the Blake Wheeler contract. And um, I, I heard about, you know, Andrew Ladd when he was Andrew Ladd, you know, knew his value was about five million. He wanted six million a year because he was the captain and you pay for that. If you, there's some respect that comes with that. That's why Pierre-Luc Dubois is not in Montreal because you're not going to make more than our captain, Nick Suzuki. There's something to that. And I think fans need to understand that, that you pay for, you know, certain players off the ice and what they bring to the organization. It's there's a value to that. And I think a lot of fans go, oh, I don't care if he's captain or not. He shouldn't be making this much. Well, no, I'm not saying he should be making that much, whatever the number X is, but you pay your captain a little bit more than just for on ice value. You do. Yeah, no, totally. And even people forget, like that's how short people's memories are when it comes to hockey. Tyler Sagan was a, an unbelievable player a few years ago, and he just got hampered by hip injuries, like, yeah. mu- like multiple hip surgeries. And that's going to slow down anyone. Um, just rounding out the list, we have Braden Shen, five years, six and a half million. Travis Sanheim, eight years, 6.3 million. That was a name that was connected to the Jets for a while there in the offseason around the draft. Ryan Strom, four years at five million. I'm not going to lie. I honestly fr- forgot that Ryan Strom existed this past <laughs> season. That, uh, he's How rude. It, it, it is a little bit rude, but it's I, and that's what worries me about that Alex Kaloran contract, too, is that you go to Anaheim and... It's kind of a, a checkout contract. After well, he's getting paid. Yeah. And he's taking some discounts to stay in Tampa Bay and win. But when he knew that, like, I, I don't mind that at all because at his age, like, is it a good contract? Is it going to age well? Probably not. But if I'm Alex Kalorn and I've paid my dues and I've won some cups and I've been valuable to the organization I was at, I could see him at this point going, I need to get paid. Yeah. And so I'll go to Anaheim. I'll play. I have my rings and I'm going to earn $30 million. Yeah. And I think it's fair to note too that, just because a player ends up on this list, Hampus Lindholm was on the list. I yeah. mentioned Josh Morrissey a little bit ago too, and Hampus Lindholm gets put in a better situation with Anaheim, or sorry, with Boston coming from Anaheim, and all of a sudden his numbers go all the way up. Like it's sometimes it is a matter of it's a recency. situation. Yeah, yeah, it's a recency poll, and I get that. But I know we got a break here, but I just, I just looked this up. There's seven more years of Darnell Nurse at nine point two five million. He's 28 years old. 
Evan Bouchard this year is an RFA and needs a contract, and he's just taken over the number one D-man spot and the number one power play. You have seven more years of a 28-year-old Darnell Nurse at 9.25. Jeez. And he's making more money than Kale McCarr. Yes. Crazy. We're going to take a break right now. We got some NFL talk after the 1230 news, and we got weather and the Boston Pizza Sports Desk coming right up. For Jim Toth, I'm Tyson Rowicki, and you're listening to Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you, Jeff. Welcome back to Jets at Noon. Thanks, Jeff. I'm Tyson Rowicki. That's Jim Toth. And we asked you guys to give (laughs) us some of your... NFL hottest takes. What's uh, you're, you're you're leaving the news booth right there as a giant Giants fan. Oh really? Yeah, I, I didn't know that. It was ecstatic that Shaquan Barkley resigned or signed this one year deal. Yeah, I saw that there was actually there's some trade talks too going there. He almost got I, moved. I asked Bronner yesterday. I go, can you squat as much as Barkley? And he oh. said, I'll give it a go. <laughs> if I tried to do that, my legs would just. It would be like it would be like Marvin the Martian. My legs would just go right into my right into my body. <laughs> Uh, we didn't. We actually didn't get uh, too many hot takes on the text line, unfortunately. But Chris, Chris chimed in, and he said, "I think Russell Wilson will go back to the postseason." Well, Chris, that is a hot take. I got something for you, Chris. Perfect. Okay. One more time, Broncos country. Let's ride. 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 I don't know why, but there's something about Got that video. Sultry at the end. That just. Broncos he, country. Let's there's, ride. There's something about Russell Wilson. And do you remember that there was a game too where he, it was, it was when they were really struggling early in the season too. And he was, everyone was coming after Russ and he was just, you know, he's doing the old, the old Russ thing where he's just, you know, we're going to stick together as a team. And then he's, he's walking off the podium and you just, you hear him come back and he goes, Broncos country. That's right. Just one last time before the press conference then. And do you not like him? I do not like Russell Wilson. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him. We should He's, ask Skylar Peters. Skylar, come down the hall. I want to get your <laughs> Russell Wilson take on him. He's, He's a massive Seahawks fan. He's come a, on, Skylar. He's a more of a Geno Smith, Smith fan now. Yes, I bet he is. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim, do you have any... Geno Smith had the greatest line of all time. Oh, it they was wrote, so good. They wrote me off. But I ain't right back though. And, and game one, <laughs> yes. and game one, dude. That's how you know that he was that he was gonna cook all season. But Greatest dude, line ever. Dude, um, I believe in Russell Wilson. I, I look. I don't think he'll be as bad as he was his first year. And we've talked about the head coach at the time and <laughs> how that was a mistake too. Uh, but he has become his own problem, right? Like he believes that he's this guy that can just move mountains and do things. I don't know, obviously, but from what I've watched, he just went to Denver and kind of thinks he's like godlike and can do anything and i think he forgot that that it comes with work it's he's not the first nfl player if this is what's going on with russell wilson to believe that i'm so and so and you know all the other aspects of being an nfl star quarterback come into play more so than actually playing football and studying it and getting better at it so i do think he can bounce back though um rum rum hut kevin has a great take bears take the nfc north oh you're gonna like that one i do like that i honestly don't mind it either I don't mind it either. I mean, poor Detroit. Like, the receivers there, the running game. I know Montgomery's there now, and Swift was traded. The defense and all that. They should be, by now, the best team in the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers gone. But, I look, whatever you think of Justin Fields, 
I don't know how you watched the last six to eight games last year and with more there and, and a, a coach that can get the most out of this offense and running game, um, they're always built on defense, right? And and the defense even last year surprised me. I, I think they can win the NFC North, but that's not my hot take. I, what's your hot take? Can't wait to see Rodgers in New York is another one. I'm going to say that the Carolina Panthers win the NFC South. Come on. With Bryce Young winning Rookie of the Year. I I, lo- I love the Panthers roster this year. And I I mean, the NFC South is pretty wide open, right? They, like, you got the Falcons, you got the Saints. I think, I think the Saints could be, I think it's going to be a two-team race between the Saints and the Panthers. And I just... No Tampa? No, oh, gross. Baker Mayfield? <laughs> no, gross. No, no thanks. Gross. <laughs> but yeah, like I think Bryce Young's going to have all the reports coming out of training camp with him are that he's been absolutely lighting it up. And then your, their defense too. Like Jay-Z Horn's one of the top DBs in the NFL. Brian Burns is a spectacular D lineman that not a lot of people give enough credit. So I'm I'm all aboard the Panthers train. So we have, I have a hot take for you. About a week ago, well, no, I was gone last week. So two weeks ago, Skylar Peters, Cam Poitras, and I had the, a, a big debate. And it was about the NBA and how the players are running it, how the players decide where they want to go, where they want to play, even though they're on another team, how LeBron can decide who he'll play with, which coach will coach him. They run the league. And we compared it to the, the NHL and how, like, whether you like it or not, people talk about the NBA. How do you talk more about the NHL, the NHL? And I, and I heard um, like, they don't like change. They don't like the, this discussion was going on yesterday on our station about how the NHL is old school. Don't like change and, and everything like that. The NFL has it figured out. And how I mean that is they have their division games, but if you didn't make the playoffs the next year, you'll play other non-playoff teams other than your division. And if you did make the playoffs, you're only playing playoff teams next year. And that's why the Bears have always been just good enough to suck. They get something going, they'll make the playoffs, losing the first round, and then the next year their schedule is horrific. It's Super Bowl champs, Super Bowl teams that have gone the last, the previous year. Could you do that in the NHL? You have to play every team once. I believe in that. And every team has to come to your city at least once. You need to see the Ovechkins, the Crosbys at, in Winnipeg at least once. Could the NHL do a thing where you play your division so many times and if you made the playoffs last year, out-of-division games are against playoff teams? Yeah. Now, you would have to expand the playoffs a bit. Yeah, no, it's it's this NFL season is going to be so exciting. I'm, I'm pumped for it. One last take before we take a quick break. A little rhyme time there. <laughs> Jets win Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I know you're not a big fan of Aaron Rodgers, but I wouldn't mind seeing... Well, he he immensely helps the New York oh, Jets. 100%. And that, that Jets receiving core needs an Aaron Rodgers because they're so good. But I don't think they win the Super Bowl, no. No, it definitely it's it's gonna be close. Garrett Wilson's in for a big year. Brees Hall coming back from injury. He's he's in for Although a now that we're talking about it, that defense in New York I like. Oh, Sauce Gardner. I'm gonna have to think about that. <laughs> the other hot take here we gotta go, but is um uh who was it that believes Jonathan Huberdo will bounce back? I believe that under a new coach, he will. I think Jonathan Huberdeau will have a much better season. Is it a $10.5 million season? I don't know, but I think Jonathan Huberdeau, he's too good of a player to not have a better year. We're going to take a quick break. John Shannon's going to be joining us in the next segment. For Jim Toth, I'm Tyson Rewicki, and you're listening to Jets at Noon right here on 680 CJOB. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to Jets at Noon. Tyson Rewicki here in for Cam Poitras. Along for the ride, we got the big rig, Jim oh, wow. Toth. Wow. And joining us right now, 
the man that never sleeps, the one, the only John Shannon. The Learjet John Shannon. NHL insider and key member of our Jets coverage right here on 680 CJOB. John, first of all, how's the summer? But more importantly, how's the golf game been? Well, we're still hitting it straight. It's just not going as far. You know, <laughs> I know there's, some, there's, <laughs> there's something to be said for uh, growing old. Well, after you get a couple birdies, the birdie juice kind of strengthens you up a little bit, hey, gives you a couple extra yards. I'm old too, but I'll take straight any day of the week. If I could hit <laughs> oh, it straight, straight, that helps. Kenny Weeb taught me a long time ago, hit it off the short stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking the time with us today, John. Um, going into Jets training camp, uh, one of the battles that I'm most looking forward to seeing is just going to be for that number two center spot. Uh, Vlad Nemesnikov seems to be penciled in on quite a few people's early depth charts, but there's also Cole Perfetti and even Gabe Velarde has played some center. Uh, how do you see the, the, that position shaking out for the Jets? Uh, Tyson, not to be uh, a, a little bit of a disturber, but who do you see as your number one center? Ooh. Oh, there we go. That That's, might be, that was gonna be question. my question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when you think about it, uh, you know, we're coming off uh, earlier this morning, the, uh, the press conference in Boston for Patrice Bergeron. So there's a team in dire need of a number one center uh, in the Boston Bruins. And, you know, there's potentially somebody available that wears number 55. So uh, I think you have to wonder, you know, where things fit in with what Kevin is doing. Um, and then the other thing is, is that may, it may not be Mark Shifley that's at the top of the Bruins list. It may be Elias Lindholm is at the top of the Bruins list. So I, I'm just, I, I understand the question. I'm just, I'm just not sure that the roster is set to say number two is as important as number one right now. Well, let's let's go down this road, John, because how much of it, we discussed this yesterday amongst ourselves, and I understand if I'm the Bruins, I quite honestly, because of his all-round game, I, I would prefer Elias Lindholm. But I don't know if there's a fit in a trade there when we look at the two rosters. For the Jets and what they're facing with the potential of Connor Hellebuck leaving, Jeremy Swayman is a, is a, a bona fide option. And I would even argue maybe even Linus Allmark at two years at $5 million per. What is a better fit? for the two teams and and is there a trade between the Jets and the Bruins you could see it's funny as soon as the season ended for Boston which was you know only a couple of days after it ended for the Jets um, you know the discussion point wasn't Swayman near as as much it was Allmark Uh, and that you know did you know he he caught for one year you know magic in a bottle and you know, as a team, you get you get so close to a player, and have people in Boston grown tired or have seen the weaknesses in Allmark's game uh, that reared its ugly head at times during that seven-game series against Florida. Now, I don't believe he was a hundred percent, Jim. I think he was injured and and played through a lot of stuff. But I keep got I, I kept getting told through the month of May uh, and before the before the uh, the draft that Allmark was probably a better um, movable product for the Bruins than Swayman was. So I don't know how you take that and I and and then the logic is Hellebuck for Hellebuck for uh, and and something uh, goes to Boston somehow some way, but they don't have any cap space for. 
for a goaltender that uh, of the number that uh, that Connor's going to want. So it's difficult, but certainly I think when you look at both Hellebuck and Shifley, what they're going to bring on the open market, I think even as the summer continues, it's going to be an interesting August for Kevin Cheveldayoff. Yeah, and you mentioned it being an interesting August with, and it seems like there's a lot of teams that where there's moves that need to be made, but there's not a lot of noise around those names right now. If you had to put, let's say, a percentage on Mark Shifley and or Connor Hellebuck starting the season with with, with the Jets, uh, what, what would you put that there? I'm I'm not sure I can. Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm not sure I can put a number on it. Um, you know what's what's it's funny. What's happening right now, Tyson is. People in the game, after a really long season, after the draft, after free agency, people have basically checked out. Arbitration has started, um, but that it's almost people are working at the basic minimums these days. And I honestly think it's because it's, it, it, it's the, the culmination of three years of exhaustive work. I think that we are living through this summer and talking to some people, the end of the COVID hangover. And people are, are trying to get back to their families, get back to some routine. And I think that things will start to heat up in the month of August. And when that heats up, then I think that there's probably a better chance of giving you a number. Uh, because I do think that the phone will start ringing a little bit more around the league once people realize that it's, you know, five weeks to camp or six weeks to camp. Uh, and, you know, we can get our hands on two quality players like Hellebuck or Shifley. The business around the NHL, and when I say business, I like I look at how Brendan Dillon came here. And did the Capitals want to give him up? No. Did they need the space? Yes. And you swoop in and you send a second round pick and you get a, a player of that caliber. I think this could be another offseason like this, John, when it does pick up. Um, I look at the Leafs and the cap space and Nylander and stuff. Like, there are some teams that even when they solidify what they're going to do with whom, the Jets included, there's some some business that needs to be done for the cap around the league. How busy do you think that August will be for deals like a Brendan Dillon was last or two offseasons ago? I, I, well, I mean, let's remember, in the offseason, you could be 10% above the cap, right? Right. So, so the answer is I, there are enough. There are teams above that, or there are teams that, like the Maple Leafs did today, put Matt Murray already on long-term injury reserve uh, because they need they need the flexibility to to sign some bodies and to uh, to uh, work within the system. Um, I, I think August could be, which is usually a, the dog days of the off season for hockey teams. I think teams are, are going to be refreshed and then look at their numbers and look at, look at where they are and say they have to make one more move. They have to make a second move. Um, I think there'll be lots of teams that are saying, no, we're, we're set. Like if, you, if you ask me which, which is the team like that, that's the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think they're going to do anything major right now, but I do think that they're going to figure out what they have to do in March before the trade deadline. But I still think that there's going to be a bunch of teams uh, in August that have to manage that cap situation and also gr- try to get better players in their lineup. Yeah, Just speaking of Brendan Dillon, the Jets seem to have a bit of a log jam on the defensive end. Like there's a, there's a lot of names who are probably NHL caliber defensemen, but there's not enough spots and you don't want another situation like last season where, where Johnny Kovacevic ends up being lost on waivers to Montreal that Declan Chisholm's, is susceptible to getting claimed off waivers this this season. 
Uh, how do you see the logjam on the left side shaking out for the Jets? Well, um, the, the the challenge becomes, uh, with as the season gets longer, Tyson, is how many defensemen do you need? Right. And And can you sneak somebody through waivers if you have to put them on waivers? Or, you, you know, that becomes the real challenge. I don't think you can ever have too many defensemen. Um, you, can, you, can, you probably can never have too many happy defensemen <laughs> <laughs> from that perspective. But I, I just don't think you can have – you can't have too many defensemen in an 82-game schedule. That, to me, is one of those ones that's uh, difficult to look at. Yeah, and along those lines, um, the big question around the Jets, the Leafs, all teams like this, they've gone in different directions. They're going away a little bit from the high-end skill and and trying to win games in a different fashion, which would be, you know, does defense lead to more offense or more Ws? Um, Are you as fascinated as I am, John, about some of these teams that have such high-end skill that maybe go a little different direction if the Tyler Bertuzzi's the Max Domies and, and the Jets with no Wheeler, no Dubois, Velarde, Iafalo, that maybe it could equal more wins. This is a copycat league, Jim. Yeah. Pure and simple. This is a copycat league. I don't have to tell Winnipeg fans how the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. They saw it firsthand. Uh, you know, you, you, you start with a big defense. You start with some skilled players. You you have depth forwards that are physical. That's what's that's what's winning four rounds of playoffs right now. At least, or at least that's what everybody is saying is winning playoffs right now. So from that perspective, uh, I, I do think that. And I mean, here in Toronto, how many times in the last seven years have we have we heard the Maple Leafs need some more grit? The Maple Leafs need to be able to do more pushback. We, you know, on our show this morning, we had Kevin Paul Dupont on from Boston, and he said, you know, the Bruins' problem against Florida was they didn't have enough pushback because the the Panthers were grittier. The pa- Panthers were tougher between Matthew and and Sam Bennett and all those other guys that were not afraid to to use their bodies. That's the way the game's going right now. So you have to wonder if every team is going to try to do that in the short term without compromising contracts and salaries yeah right well thanks john for taking the time with us today we always really appreciate your insight hope you enjoy the rest of the summer and uh keep it in the ball straight for us yeah i know but it's not going as far (laughs) give me a lesson that could help if dennis bayak gets a hole on one on a par three with a three wood again let us know (laughs) that 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 that's almost that should be illegal All the best, John. That's John Shannon, NHL insider and key member of our Jets coverage on 680 CJOB. Thank you all for listening today. Special thanks to the best in the biz, producer Jeff Fortier. Jeff Braun has the news at 1 o'clock. Jim Toth is going to take you all the way to 3 o'clock. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place for Jim Toth. I'm Tyson Rowicki, and keep it locked right here on 680 CJOB.